I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. Every day on Meg Hunter Kilmer's Instagram stories appears a screenshot of scripture, more a photo, I guess, of her Bible. It's covered with notes and underlines, sometimes in pencil or pen. Occasionally, you might see a highlighter. The pages look really worn, almost as if they've been read every single day for the past 20-some-odd years. And that's exactly what has been happening. Meg Hunter-Kilmer is an author and a missionary. She travels, she speaks, she calls herself the hobo for Christ, and lives a lot of the year out of her car, traveling, speaking, writing, sharing the faith, and of course, using social media, as so many others are, to evangelize. And one of the things that she does really beautifully is talk about how sacred scripture is something to be read every single day. And then she reads that scripture with other people, offering insights, tips, writing even an entire how-to-read-scripture-in-a-year plan, which is actually in the back of the Ave Maria Press note-taking Bible. It's so fascinating. You know, I've known Meg for quite some time. I've met her at events. She's spent the night at my house. We're good pals. I love the things that she's written, including an upcoming book about saints available from Ave Maria Press. You can actually pre-order it now. But I think the thing I love most about Meg, and the reason I always go back to talking to her and enjoy having her on the show, is because her love of Jesus really flows from a love of sacred scripture. And this conversation we had the opportunity to have really highlights Okay, not only why scripture is important, because it certainly is, but how scripture can become a part of your daily life, how to become a reader of the Bible in a daily pattern, in a daily routine, and how to let that scripture take root in your heart, and how everything changes after the Bible becomes a priority. And that's, that's really the conversation we're trying to have in this Ave Explores the Bible series. How does Scripture change us? Why is Scripture important? Why do I need to read it? Why do I need to learn about it? Why do I need to know the ins and outs of Old Testament, New Testament, allegories and imagery, and, and what's so significant about this, that, or the other specific thing, but ultimately all in pursuit of why does it matter for me and my pursuit of prayer and my pursuit of relationship with Jesus Christ in trying to help me be a better Catholic every single day. You know, here at Ave Explorers, we really want you to love Scripture. And so we are going to help you become a Bible reader by giving you the opportunity not only to listen to all of the content that we're creating. If you go subscribe on AveMariaPress.com, you'll get that email every single week that'll give you articles and videos and podcast conversations and Facebook Lives. But, but also we want you to maybe grab a Bible that can become part of your daily prayer routine like Meg is going to talk about. So if you go on over to Ave Maria Press, you can find the Ave note-taking Bible. You can use the code AEXBIBLE for 20% off as well as free shipping on either the hardcover or the imitation leather version of the Ave Catholic note-taking Bible. We hope you take advantage of that awesome deal. Ultimately, we want you to sign up for Ave Explorers. Again, go to AveMariaPress.com. You'll find everything you need to be able to sign up for it. But for right now, I really want you to just sit back and enjoy this conversation with Meg Hunter-Kilmer about reading scripture every day. Well, Meg, thanks so much for joining us on Ave Explorers again. Katie, I am always thrilled to talk to you. It's such a joy. We are real life friends. It's the beauty of the internet turned, you know where the sandwich shop is in Lake Charles, and now you know where my house is. And I have to tell you this, your new saint book, Saints Around the World, 
is like Rose carries it around the house and just she can't read for the record. She cannot read, but will just sit and explain to us what's going on in these pictures. Sometimes she's right. Sometimes she's just making it up. It is (laughs) beloved. And tell us a little bit about the new Ave Explorers Saint book that's coming out soon. Yeah, so I've got this book that Saints Around the World, which just came out about a month ago, and it's a children's book. And the one that comes out in October through Ave Maria Press is, I've been calling it an adult book. I would say that probably like grade on up can read it. I really wanted to make sure that anybody looking for a confirmation saint had a resource (laughs) where they could get to know a really diverse group of saints. So this one is 75 different saints, venerables, blesses, servants of God, also more than half Black, Indigenous, and people of color, and just really trying to share the brokenness and the struggle and the suffering and the joy and the delight and ordinary holiness, you know, what Mm -hmm. it looks like to build a life of holiness in real circumstances with family dysfunction and with the suffering of addiction or mental illness, trying to see the humanity of these saints that really invites us in to the divinity of Jesus, that really shows us God made you on purpose the way that he wants you, and he wants you to be a great saint. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this book. Yeah, I got to vote on the cover, and they chose the one that I was like, this would be the perfect. So I can't wait to have a whole little Meg Hunter-Kilmer section (laughs) on myself of a book that I can grab, a book that Rose can grab. So, you know, you're kind of known as the Saint Ninja Meg. You've got these saint stories that you can pull out the back pocket. Rose still talks very fondly about the princess saint that you told her about when you visited our house. And her birthday party is a rainbow-themed birthday party. And we actually bought a bunch of little saint dolls for all the kids to get to take home. Um, That's their little... Because like it's a thing now. That's that you've you've brought this love into our home. But your first love, when it comes to like sharing things, sharing things about your faith, was not the saints. I remember those early days of Instagram posting about sacred scripture. You were taking pictures of your Bible. So tell us. This is kind of how we're kicking off all of the conversations. Tell us about the role of scripture in your life and and Ooh. the process of telling us about sacred scripture in your life a little bit about your life which is a bit unconventional especially in a post-covid world <laughs> what that yeah. looks like going forward so so tell us about scripture in your life and of course about your life in general i was raised catholic you know ish right sort of went to church i guess most sundays went to my first confession lied in my first confession never went back to confession so <laughs> did not know that yeah, yeah. I remember walking out and being like, it's a good thing you only have to do that once. Am I right? <laughs> like, really, not a lot of catechesis going on. So I was in a state of mortal sin from at least the age of seven, which is not awesome. But I had this major conversion when I was 13 years old. I got dragged on a confirmation retreat, went to confession out of imaginary peer pressure, and I met Jesus. And I encountered mercy, and I realized how much he loved me. And I sort of came out of that experience and was like, well, God wrote one book. So I'm going to read it, you know, and I had my first communion Bible from my Protestant grandparents. It was a Catholic Bible. God love them. They found the right kind of Bible for me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read this whole thing. And I started at Genesis one and I read through to Revelation and it took me six and a half years. And it was just, I mean, I was dragging through some of those books. And at the end of it, I was like, you know, Like I've read this, but I don't feel like I've really read this. You know, this Mm -hmm. isn't like a, I'm going to check the box and then I'm done forever. And also like, you know, I'm 13, 14 years old. I don't know what's going on in any of this. Like the words went from my brain to my head, I'm gone. But there wasn't a lot Mm -hmm. of encounter that was going on. So I was like, well, let me, 
let me read the Bible again, but I should do, I should do something other than just Genesis through Revelation. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I would do a one-year Bible schedule. And so I I did a one-year Bible schedule that I found online for several years. And then I was like, you know, I don't really like the way this is set up, the way that it had like all the Pauline epistles just smashed into like two weeks. And so I went through and I made myself a new Bible in a year schedule. And so I have read the Bible every year since I think it was 19. So I'm on my 20th time through the Bible cover to cover. And my schedule takes you through the whole Bible in one year and then the Gospels twice every year. And it's just been, Katie, such a blessing to have to keep reading the stuff that I don't like. Because mm-hmm. I would be super inclined just to read like Mark, Philippians, and the Song of Songs and be good. And I'm reading First Chronicles right now. And I found something the other day where I was like, oh my gosh, that's a really important point that I never noticed <laughs> before. And so it's really been very much at the heart of my spiritual life. You know, I ended up going to college to study theology. I was a high school religion teacher for some years. For the last nine years, I've been living out of my car, driving around the country, flying around the world, telling people how much God loves them. And it is, all of it is so rooted, obviously in the sacraments and in that silent prayer, but just in spending time in the word of God every day mm-hmm. and constantly being surprised by his mercy and his grace and the way that it pours out of words that I've read dozens and dozens of times. And Jesus is like, uh-huh, yeah, this is still the inspired word of God that the Holy Spirit will speak to you through, even if you think you know it. Like, oh, okay. I, so that right there. So it was, you did it the way that other people did it and realized, wait a second, I can, I can do this better. I can figure <laughs> out a better. So tell us first how your Bible in a year schedule is written because it is in the back of the Ave Maria Press journaling Bible. Like you can go grab a copy of that. We have the link down in the show notes and your schedule is there. So people can check themselves off as they go through. Mm -hmm. So how is your schedule structured? And then we'll dig into a little bit more about like what we'll find inside. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing about it being in the Ave Maria journaling Bible is that for a minute, my author profile on Amazon said I wrote the Bible and nothing else. (laughs) Like. I don't know. Like, I think very highly of myself. This is maybe a little bit beyond what I'm going to claim. That'll be a fun footnote in your saint biography one day. (laughs) Exactly. They'll be like, for two weeks, she was listed as the author of the Bible. (laughs) So I found that a lot of times the schedules do take you through from Genesis to the end. And it just, it's really hard when you get to Leviticus, when you get to First Chronicles, when you get to Ezekiel to convince yourself to keep going. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I had a chunk of gospel every day because even when you're like really in like the dregs of stuff that you don't know what's going on, you've got a little bit of Luke and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is familiar. You know, there's obviously things that I'm missing, but I have a a pretty good sense of who Jesus is and who these apostles are mm-hmm. whereas, you know, like I might be really confused about what's going on in the Old Testament. And I have a chapter every day of sort of poetic stuff, right? So like Mm -hmm. kind of some wisdom literature, some prophets, Hebrews, just books that you really can't read in large chunks, Mm -hmm. books that you really need to sit down and go through. You know, Proverbs is not my favorite book, but part of that I think is because the first several times I read it was through this schedule that gave me one verse of Proverbs every day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just don't care that much. Like, And so I, I wanted something a little bit in between there, you know, not five chapters in a row, but not one verse a day. And then the main reading of the day is taking you 
chronologically through the story of the people of God. So Mm -hmm. from Genesis on and trying to match up the first reading and the second reading when I can, you know, when Isaiah is speaking to a certain issue in the book of Kings, having those hit together, but there are breaks in between Mm. every book. And so you read Genesis and then you read Philippians and you read Exodus and then you read first John. I don't remember exactly, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. even halfway through Leviticus, I'm like, here's an epistle. (laughs) You can keep going. And so it's just very much a dangling carrot sort of a method, Mm -hmm. you know, like here Mm -hmm. you are in the middle of numbers and it's just numbers and numbers has some great stories, but it's also got a lot of numbers and it's like, but it's okay. Because if I get through these three chapters, then I get to read a Psalm. Then I get to read half a chapter of Matthew. And once I get to the end of this book, then I get to read an epistle. And so you don't get as bogged down Mm -hmm. and you don't get as frustrated because there's always something that you can kind of get a sense of what's going on. And it is building chronologically. So you're not sort of unrooted and saying like, now, hang on, who, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. The Bible is a hard book to read, Katie. It's a hard book to read. It's a much harder book to understand. But I find that this schedule is a good way to dive in if Mm -hmm. you're fairly new to the idea of reading scripture. Because that's the thing. People do get overwhelmed. They see how big it is or like their only experience with scripture is hearing it on Sundays. And so there's just this assumption of, oh, well, if I go to mass every Sunday, you know, eventually I'll get it all. And it's like, well, if you go to mass every day, eventually you get it all. But even then, even like, then it's, yeah. it's like there's, truncated. There's like whole they, chunks that you're missing, yeah. whole chunks that yeah. you're missing. And I'm over here like, no, you won't read the Song of Songs. Yeah, favorite. right. And like, why do you think that is? I mean, you've, you've met a lot of people in your time. You were a teacher. You travel. You stay in people's homes. I mean, you, you've met a large part of humanity and a large part of the Catholic populace, some who are probably really into it, some who probably aren't. I've had conversations with Catholics before who are like, oh, well, we don't really dig into scripture. We're more of a traditional faith. And it's like, you do know where the traditions came from, though, right? Like, there's a, right. there's two pillars here. Why do you think people get intimidated so easily? You know, part of it is that it's not a part of American Catholic culture. Mm. And I think it's important to, to be very specific about that. There's a lot of things that people will say about Catholics. I'm like, now, hang on, hang on. Mm-hmm. 21st century American Catholics are often... 21st century white American Catholics, you know, Mm -hmm. like, let's talk about what the issue is, because there are some things that are just a Catholic issue. But I don't think uh, the unfamiliarity with scripture or the disinclination to read scripture as an individual Mm. is broadly a Catholic issue, because we do have a lot of familiarity with scripture from the liturgy. Right? Like everybody can quote the institution narrative from mass, right? Take this, all of you and eat it. Catholics all know that one. I think that part of the reason that we as 21st century American Catholics are a little bit overwhelmed by scripture, intimidated, is a historical thing. That there was a time in the American Catholic Church when it was really de-emphasized because there was fear that people reading scripture would become Protestant, right? Mm. That they would, not because reading scripture is Protestant, but because they weren't educated enough to understand what was going on in various different times. And that's something that really was an issue in many places for centuries. And people now, we're just more educated, right? Like we have more understanding. We have more information. We have access to answers to these questions. And so Mm -hmm. the church has really started to reemphasize the need to be reading scripture, which has been a part of being Catholic for a long time. It was just a little bit dicey for a Mm -hmm. while in there. And I think that because it's not something that we're as culturally familiar with, it's not 
it's not something that people feel like, oh, well, I can just I can just pick that up. You know, if you're an evangelical Protestant, you're getting preached to from the Bible every Sunday. And it would be great if Catholics are getting preached to from the Bible every Sunday, but we're not necessarily. Um, and even if we're getting like scriptural mm-hmm. lessons, it's not like open your Bible and look at this. And so I think a lot of it is just that we aren't in practice with reading mm-hmm. scripture. And mm-hmm. the solution to that is just to do it. Right. 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 Just, to, just to make a commitment, just to join a Bible study, just to listen to Father Mike Schmitz's Bible in a year podcast, like just, just to start reading the Bible and see what the Lord can do because mm-hmm. man, oh man, Katie, I've read this thing 20 times and I still read with a pencil in my hand Yeah, because God yeah. is always speaking truth. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a living word. This is not an ancient text that once upon a time fairy tales. I mean, this is, it's a love letter. That's always my, the cheesiest description of sacred scripture, but it is. I mean, it's the story of of God's people from the start to now, to you and to I, and behold, I stand at the door and knock and like that entry into our lives. So what are your practical tips? You just said, have a pencil in your hand, listen to a podcast, you know, have a journal with you. What, what are the ways to make it, I'm not going to say make it easy, but you know, American Catholic culture often does look for the easiest entry point to try to make this a real thing. So what is your, you know, your quick tips for making reading scripture part of your daily routine? A big part of it, I think, is commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason that I do the Bible in a year schedule. And I talk to people all the time who are like, oh, well, I don't know if I can do it in a year. And I'm like, well, the year doesn't matter. Like the year mm-hmm. is just, I think I can convince people to commit to this. The year is manageable. You can do this in 10 to 15 minutes a day. But, you know, people will be like, well, I I did half of it, but then I quit. So I have to start over. And I'm like, don't start over. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no reason you need to do this in a year. But to have some kind of commitment and to be reading from a Bible, like Mm -hmm. an actual in your hands Bible. I will concede that for some people, they have like a special Bible app and they take notes in it and they highlight in it. Like I've met a couple of people for whom that's really fruitful. You know, if you're just reading out of your middle little missalette, you're not seeing the footnotes, you're not seeing the context. Mm. Often when you're reading on a screen, it just, it doesn't penetrate the heart in the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. like physiologically, our brains respond differently to what we're reading mm-hmm. from a screen. I would really recommend that people get a Bible that is mm-hmm. their Bible and that you write in it. And that can make some people very uncomfortable, Catholics especially, because this is a sacred object. But writing in a Bible when it's a product of prayer and study is not Mm -hmm. defiling anything. Even the ridiculous things that I wrote when I was 13 and I was an idiot. And like I grimace every time that I see them. It reminds me who I've been and how Mm -hmm. I've known Jesus and what he's done in my life. And honestly, Katie, the only thing in my life that I am attached to is my Bible. Mm -hmm. I was up for hours last night, reformatting my computer, trying to get it to work. Like hopefully didn't lose anything, but the thing is just having a disaster. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated, but like I can buy another very expensive computer, but like I left my Bible at my sister's house one time and it was like, it was a hostage situation. I'm like updating everybody on Instagram stories. And I like remember this. <laughs> calling my best friend's mom who's calling her ex-husband who's going to go golfing near my mom's house and, <laughs> and like met my little brother in a Taco Bell parking lot. I mean, it was just ridiculous, but it's because it's yours. Every, yeah. Everything about what Jesus has done for me mm-hmm. is written in the margins of this Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know where everything is. And I see, I see the notes from when I finally understood something. And some of it's like very practical stuff, like making 
making connections that I hadn't mm-hmm. made before. And some of it's like, oh, I remember, I remember highlighting that. I remember mm-hmm. my heart was broken. And yeah. Jesus was saying, I am still here and I am mm-hmm. still for you. So I don't know like the right tools to use. Uh, Katie Bogner <laughs> has tips on like which pencils and which highlighters. Right. All of mine are a disaster. They all bleed through. They all run <laughs> in the margins. There's like, it's like greasy along the edges where my fingers are. And so I can't use pen anymore because the pen just like gets absorbed into the grease yeah. and spreads. Like it's a mess. And I'm sure other people have great tips for that. But I think making a commitment Mm-hmm. to reading from your Bible and marking it up as you go really, mm-hmm. really opens the door for the Holy Spirit to speak things to you. And one other thing that I would recommend, if this is really brand new, maybe in your Bible or maybe in a separate journal, just set yourself a challenge to write mm-hmm. down three things that the Lord spoke to you in the reading you were doing that day. And some days it's going to be super easy. And some days you're going to be reading Leviticus. And you're going to be like, am I going to see anything? But this year on Instagram, I've been sharing just one verse every day mm-hmm. and something the Lord is saying. And it's really beautiful to me to need to find something because mm-hmm. otherwise it's very easy to skim. Yeah. And yeah. so setting yourself that challenge means that if you have skimmed, then you have to go back through and you have to say, all right, like was right. the Lord actually saying something and I just wasn't listening? I love that idea of your own as a mom of two little girls who thinks constantly like about legacy, like what will my kids remember about me? You know, and there's, there will be podcasts and there will be videos and there will be family photos, but it's like the most prized possession I hope to pass on to my kids is my prayer book and my Bible, because that's my mom's most prized possession of her mother. And then I have my Graham's Bible, which is from the 1930s is like ripped Aww. up and tattered and ha- like, you can feel the softness of the leather because this woman never went anywhere without it. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until like the past six months that I learned like she was not a super educated woman. It was hard for her to read scripture. Oh. So she would hold it and listen to her husband reading it. And so it's like it it almost brought in a whole nother element of why that's such a prized possession. So really, like if if there's no other convincing point, it's like it might be the thing that your kids have of yours that they remember in a hundred mm-hmm. years when you're gone. Let's pivot for a second because I would be a fool to not ask you about saints in scripture because that, again, is kind of like the melding of the two worlds. Are there any particular saints, maybe known or not known by the larger populace, that were big fans of sacred scripture? I would say all saints were probably big fans of sacred scripture, but like that was like their thing that a person who wants to make this a commitment could maybe ask the intercession of or like learn their story a little bit more so that they have kind of that companion on this journey. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel like there are certain things like every saint loved Mary, mm-hmm. every saint loved the Eucharist. Like that's just non-negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were a lot of saints who never once opened a Bible. Wow. Never once read scripture. There's a lot of illiterate saints. Yeah. Yeah. And so they would have heard scripture proclaimed, but they might have heard it proclaimed in a language they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have, I mean, I think of some of the Korean martyrs who may never have encountered scripture, even proclaimed aloud some of them, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. of the particulars of what was going on in that country. But I think that we have to recognize our own privilege right now and having the advantage of being able to have a Bible, being able to do this research and to recognize that many of the saints who weren't able to read the Bible would have given anything, Mm -hmm. anything at all to be able to read the word of God. I mean, I think especially of those Korean martyrs where they Mm -hmm. didn't have 
any priests and there may have been a Bible floating around Korea. And so people mm-hmm. would have been copying it over, but a lot of them would have been illiterate and just like yeah. what they would have given to be able to sit and pour over the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I want to emphasize also the saints who weren't able mm-hmm. to have that relationship with scripture and sort of in honor of them to try and pursue that. Um, yeah. I think of St. Agatha Kim Agi was a 19th century Korean martyr who was completely incapable of learning anything. Mm-hmm. She couldn't learn the Hail Mary. She couldn't learn the Our Father, couldn't learn the Creed. All she would say is, I only know Jesus and Mary. Mm-hmm. And she ended up being martyred, even though the community refused to baptize her for a while. Mm-hmm. This woman, if she had had the opportunity to read scripture, a woman who, while she was being tortured, just said, I only know Jesus and Mary. I only mm-hmm. know Jesus and Mary. Like what? What would she have given for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking also of Servant of God Bartolome de las Casas, yeah. who is a, a current favorite of mine. He was probably the first priest ordained in the New World, and he was just a horrific human being for a while. After being ordained a priest, he would mm-hmm. go on raids to enslave Native peoples. Um, he owned enslaved peoples himself, but he also was like part of the military force that was going in and murdering people as a priest in scripture. He was reading a lion Sirach and I don't remember exactly what verse, but it was a verse that like, you know, I've read a thousand times and has never really hit me and I wouldn't really expect to touch anybody. And in that moment, he was dramatically converted Mm. and he realized that these were human beings, that they were made in the image and likeness of God, that he had no right to treat them in this way. And he became enormous champion for indigenous rights and much later for the rights of enslaved Africans, because he had sort of this Mm -hmm. uh, cognitive dissonance for a while, but he thought it was okay to enslave certain people, but not certain others. But it was because he was committed to spending time in scripture. And it may Mm. have been through the bravery. It was a part of the Bible that most people wouldn't particularly be interested in reading. And he was reading it out of a sense of duty because he had made this commitment Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit came in and just wrecked his life Mm -hmm. in the most glorious way possible. And I think that you see that with St. Augustine, right? Where he, it's take up and read, he hears Mm -hmm. a child crying out and he takes up scripture and he finds a random passage in Romans about like turning away from drunkenness and carousing and he becomes St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. I think to me, it's particularly those instances where you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. I was not, I was not really that interested in that verse that changed the fate of human history. Right. I mean, St. Augustine and servant of God, Bartolome de las Casas, these were men whose conversion changed millions of Mm -hmm. lives, Mm -hmm. millions of lives. And it's because of these throwaway verses that we wouldn't, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not, a John 3.16, right. it's not a Philippians 4.13, but St. Gregory the Great says the word of God is deep enough here for an elephant to swim and shallow enough there for a lamb to wade, mm. which is probably mm. my favorite thing I ever said about scripture, yeah. just recognizing that a lot of us are lambs, but there is something beautiful to encounter yeah. wading in to this. And some mm-hmm. of y'all might be elephants, but but you're not done, right? There's the right. riches of scripture are never exhausted. Oh, that's so good. That's the perfect place to I think just let that set with people's minds. Meg, where can we follow you and where can we grab copies of your great works and see you sharing about sacred scripture and your childhood Bible online? 
if you Google Hobo for Christ, you'll find my website and there are all of the social media follow buttons. So it's at M Hunter Kilmer on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. Instagram is where you'll see most of the scriptural stuff. I share in my stories every day, a reflection from the scriptures that I'm reading that day. Um, for the children's book, you can go to saintsaroundtheworld.com and pick up a copy of that. And for the new book that you can pre-order now, uh, which I keep, I haven't gotten around to telling everybody yet. So surprise, you can pre-order now. It's called Pray For Us. It's on the Ave Maria Press website. Awesome. Well, we will link all of that down in the show notes. Meg, it was always, always great to see you. You have to come visit soon. Yes. Now that, now that everybody's ready to travel again, Katie, I will see you soon and we will get a Daryl special. Absolutely. One of my favorite things about conversations with Meg is ultimately that she's talking and speaking and sharing advice from a place of she's done it. She wasn't, you know, born ready-made, a Bible reader who knew everything about sacred scripture. She was a person who loved the Bible because she read the Bible, who loves the Bible now because she spent time with it. And I think that's true of all of us. This whole season, as we dig into what it means to be a person who loves sacred scripture and what sacred scripture can really do for all of us, there's going to be this underlying question. And I think it's a question that so many of us try to answer in so many different areas of our faith, but especially when it comes to the Bible, and it's simply this. Why does this ancient text, why does this old thing that doesn't even really make sense sometimes by modern standards or occasionally contradicts itself or If I quote it, somebody just assumes I'm a silly person of faith who doesn't actually have a hold on reality. Why does the Bible matter to me now, in 2021, or any other year? Why does the Bible matter to me now in in modern day life? Why do I need to dig into Leviticus? Why does the letters of St. Paul, why do they matter to me? Why do I need to know this particular story in the Gospels? And what the heck is Revelation all about? Why it matters? what's important, how it changes us. Well, I think Meg showed us some insights into how it's done that in her own life and how it can happen in our life as well. But this entire season, that's what we're trying to unpack. That's what we're trying to explore. So if you go on over to AveMariaPress.com, you'll be able to find all of the resources that we're creating for this series on the Bible, as well as everything else that we've created for Ave Explorers. And I really think you'll enjoy quite a bit of it. Sign up to get the weekly emails straight to your inbox. And hey, if you liked today's episode, maybe give it a share. Share it on social media. We've got Ave Maria Press on Instagram, and you can go share the graphic in your stories. You can tell a friend, give us a rating and a review, subscribe to the show. Tell folks that you're enjoying this conversation that we're having about why scripture matters. And of course, remember, you can get the Ave Catholic Note-Taking Bible 20% off. Use code AEXBIBLE, 20% off and free shipping on either of those Bibles that are available, imitation leather or hardcover. We're so grateful that you listened with us this week. We've got another episode coming up later in the week that will be talking even more about why scripture matters. So stick around for that conversation. Again, subscribe to all of the content we've created and you won't miss anything. We'll be back soon. Thanks so much for listening. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.